You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And tonight, we are... Hey Queens, how's it going? Welcome back to the Queendom Podcast. My name is Josh Mitchell. If you haven't been here before, welcome. I'm really excited to have you here. If you have been, thanks for coming back. I really appreciate you guys that have come back week after week to hear my conversations with the Queens because the fact that you're doing it is incredible and I am really excited to continue doing this for you guys. And this week is no different because we have another breakaway queen. We're staying on the same ship. We are coming at you with Miss Amelia Walker, who was par on the breakaway. This is real good fun, this episode, and I cannot wait to get stuck in. Make sure you guys are getting your submissions in for Project Herstory. Remember, submissions close September 15th, but that's enough of that. Let's get down, queens. It is time to get started. Hey, queens, and welcome back to the Queen of Podcast. I am joined here by our first pa, Miss Amelia Walker from the Breakaway Cruise. How are you going, Amelia? I'm good. This is so exciting. It's my first podcast. I've never done one before. So, well, what a place to do your here first. Here we are. Right? Yeah, Let's of course. Roll. Um, so what do you prefer, pineapple or watermelon? Pineapple, 100%. Pineapple is my favourite thing on this earth. Have you, had doll, have you had doll whip? No. Oh, it, like have you, been to, have you been to Disneyland? No. How you've, got to, oh, you've got to get to Disneyland. I went to Disney when I was like six, so I have, but it's not, it doesn't count. I okay. really don't remember it. So doll whip is like pineapple ice cream, like I am going to make some tomorrow and, oh, it is. Oh, I wish you could send it through the post. Do I'll we send have you it over here? You don't, but I, I'll send you the recipe. That okay, way you can, you can make it easy. Um, what is your favourite musical? This is such a hard question. And I, what is my favourite musical? Are you old school or new school? Like, because I'm, I, I don't know anything pre. I'd say I'm definitely more new school, but. Yeah. I do love Mac and Mabel, um, which is kind of old school. Hamilton, I love. Oh. It's definitely up there. Have you seen it? Yeah. How? Let's just go into Hamilton for a second because I'm surprised it's taken us this long to talk about it on this podcast. Um, it's just like, I remember when I first heard it. So, like, it had come up on my iTunes and it was like new musical Hamilton and I was like oh what's this about 
and then clicked onto it and I was like oh yeah wow this is this is new yeah um I was just stoked that it was like because I bought the soundtrack and it was like yeah so $3 for 60 yeah, yeah, yeah. songs and I was like this is a bargain like it's less yeah. than like 10 cents a song we good <laughs> and I I really really like love something so much that I'd be like oh I really need to buy that musical album yeah. um but it was just amazing and I like had like not the best seats I was sat right at the top literally the back 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 row you couldn't get any further back than me that was the and first the time I saw like, it too <laughs> yeah <laughs> the tickets were so cheap they were like 35 pounds yeah. and um it was incredible I can't imagine what it would be like from the front Oh, so I, uh, the first time I saw it was in Chicago, got the last ticket to the show in the very back yeah. row, back corner, loved it, got to Broadway, did cancellation, $200, fifth row, dead center installs. <gasps> and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. So I can tick that show off my list. It was fantastic. Yeah, um, I'd, yeah I'd definitely say that's Hamilton is probably one of my favorites, I think. Perfect. Yeah. Favorite holiday destination? It can be one you've been to or one you're planning okay. to go to. I would say Australia, but I've not done much of Australia. You've been I have to, family. That's, that's, that's a tick, though. I have family in Melbourne, so I only went to Melbourne and we stopped in Sydney Airport like on the way back, so I kind of say that I've been to Sydney. <laughs> but um, I just love Australia. Like, I need, I need to go and do it all. I'll be your um, tour guide. Just let me know when yeah, you're there. No, for sure. I'll do it. I would love that. There we go. So we've spoken a little bit about theatre already. And if you're just joining us, um, if you've just joined us at this point in the conversation, I don't know how you got here, but welcome. <laughs> um, this is a podcast about Six the Musical, um, which is a musical if you didn't catch that by the title. I just didn't even pick up on it what I said. Just and the there story. Right? Um, so how did you get into theatre? What was your introduction to the performing arts? So we had a massive discussion about this at college in my third year um, and like our first ever inspirations. And I think mine was probably watching Ali and Oliver like as, as a real young kid um, and watching those films just on repeat. And then I, I was, remember speaking to my family about it and my cousins have always been heavily involved in um, musical theatre and more so dance, but, um, and we were talking and they were like, oh, you can actually do this as a job, you know, like people obviously get paid to do this. And I was like, what? <laughs> Singing and dancing and acting, I can get paid eventually. And like money is never a thing. Um, but I could actually do this as a job. So I think from watching, watching those, and then little things like going to pantomimes in England um, from a young age, and just seeing people up on the stage, having like such a great time, playing a different character, um, stepping away from their own lives and becoming someone else. I think they were definitely my first inspirations. Um, yeah, for sure. I would say that's probably why I started. Amazing. And now we're here and you're doing it professionally. Yeah. Um, so what was your introduction to this amazing show that we call Six? How did you find out about? So... Two of my best friends, Luke and Molly, um, I went to college with them and they both sent me the show. They both sent me the um, soundtrack on Apple Music and I'd never heard it before. And I was like, they were like, Amelia, this is you. This is you. You need to get to I Don't Need Your Love because this is your song. 
And I was like, okay, I'll give it a listen. It's like, oh, that is very me, isn't it? Very <laughs> jazzy. It's very, um, yeah, I can imagine myself singing this. And I don't always say that with a lot that I listen to. There's always something within the song that I'm like, oh, meh. Whereas this song, I just fell in love with. And then I continued to listen to the rest of the music. And then I started delving into what it was about. And I just thought this is, like, it really is groundbreaking to write the way Lucy and Toby have about, like, to create what they have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was my first introduction to the show. Amazing. Um, talk me through your audition because you not only auditioned for Par, you were also in for Cleves as well at one yes. point, weren't you? Yeah, so uh, I got called in for like um, the first, I don't know, maybe it was the second set of auditions they were doing. And it was really last minute. It was, I think the girls had done a few auditions, um, but they were like, we need to see Amelia last minute. So I went in, um, I sang my own song. So I went in and sang American Boy by Estelle, um, which was super fun. And then they said, okay, tomorrow, can you come back and can you do the cleaves and the par material? Um, and I didn't really know them very well. I'd obviously heard I Don't Need Your Love, but I didn't really know Get Down very well. Um, so it was quite a challenge to learn overnight. And I was actually really in love with the cleaves part for a long time. Um, and I was like, well, I can really see myself playing cleaves now. Um, so yeah, obviously went in, did that. Um, and then... A couple of weeks later, they said, okay, we need to see a little bit more. Can you come back? So I went back in and then uh, started the process again, um, which was really cool. Got to meet amazing girls. And like the audition process is like, I'm sure all the other girls have said to you, it's like no other. Um, it didn't feel like an audition. It really didn't. Like, yeah. It just felt like a massive female empowerment workshop um yeah and it was so nice actually I didn't think I would like it but performing in front of the rest of the girls within the audition um was something that I didn't expect to like but because everyone was just so in it together yeah um yeah I loved it so it was a great experience and obviously it was successful which was super cool <laughs> do you remember the moment you got the call saying hey you're yeah. a queen now oh. so I was working at um, Hotel Chocolate in um, King's Cross Station in London and um, my boss was super cool and I was telling him about the whole process so every day I'd come in and I'd be like oh I've not really heard anything today or got another audition not really sure what's going to happen do you mind if I keep checking my phone so he was like, yeah, of course. Um, so I went in to the back office. It was a tiny little office. And um, I'd seen I got a missed call from my agent. And I was like, oh, okay. Didn't, I really wasn't expecting anything. It's kind of my first job. <laughs> and then I said, oh, Colin, do you mind if I quickly go and um, bring my agent back? And he was like, yeah, no, of course. So I rang him back and he was like, oh, I've got some good news for you. I thought, oh, this could only be about one thing. And then he said, they want you to play Catherine Parr on the breakaway. And I was like, what? 
And then I, I was, Colin was like through the window, my boss. He was going, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And I was like, one minute, one minute. I'll be back there in a minute. I said, I've just got to go ring my mum and my brother and the rest of my family and all my friends. Don't tell anyone. So I then ran back outside of the station and told everyone about it. And um, it just felt so surreal because it, it really is a dream. Like, yeah, it was a dream come true. And I think you don't expect those moments to happen, especially like I feel it's quite early on in my career. You don't really expect to have a dream that's come true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was like such a surreal feeling. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Now, Cassie Parr is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite. Is my favorite character in the show. Um, just the the whole everything. I'm going to touch on this later. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole now. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys, for following <laughs> along. Um, so throughout the you, you touched on. So were you feeling more comfortable as Cleves or as Parr at the point of getting that call? At the point of the call, I think part. Um, I would say I. For me, I think the girls would never see me as Cleves now. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to. So much of me really wants to do Cleves, uh, for a, <laughs> even if it was for a show, because it's so so different from Par. Yeah. Um, but both I have both of those in me. I feel like I am that kind of. I have that cheekiness about me, but I also have that par mentality as well. So I would say definitely by the time of the call, it was more par. Um, and I think even in rehearsal, um, when Joe flew out to uh, Tampa and we were just in a rehearsal, we were in a, like a vocal lesson and he, I was just singing and I was, I was getting a little bit worked up about the material and um, he stopped me and he was like, you are so part like the things I was saying so I I was getting worked up and I was going no no it's fine I'm fine and I could literally see myself becoming becoming her um and the casting the way they casted it is so close to how we are because all of the girls are are the characters for me if that makes sense yeah yeah well I've spoken to Georgia and Amy so I completely understand where you're coming from because 100% agree with you there um You touched on the par mentality, and that literally is what I have written in my book here, is par mindset. Because um, par is this really interesting character throughout the whole show. She's kind of like the sit back and watch, have a say here or there, and then her whole kind of character arc happens in the last, like, eight, nine, ten minutes mm. of the show. Um it's kind of like hidden behind closed walls and then here have everything in like quick succession. Um, So what was it like for you to kind of find yourself in Kathy? It was a really tough journey because I spoke, I I found it really difficult and I kind of wanted to access it from the start uh, as I kind of do with a lot of characters that I've played with before physically. I wanted to try and find something that physically helped me get into her and it was, real, it was a real struggle because she does sit back and listen so much. It was hard to sort of find. I didn't want to play her as this sort of wet character, which she is not. But I didn't, I didn't know how to access her for so long. Um, 
And then I sat down with Stacey, who was one of the associates um, for the breakaway. And she said, for me, Kathy is, Kathy Parr, a day at the spa. She is, she's never judgmental. She will say exactly what she feels, but she won't be judgmental about it. So I think that really helped me find her. But it was, again, it became difficult because, for example, there were certain lines when, um, near the end, when Berlin says um, the whole Jane can't dance thing. And I was sort of directed to sort of play, um, sort of go along with it almost, as all the, all the queens are sort of agreeing in a funny way. But I was like, really, if I'm not a judgmental character... I shouldn't react to that. Then I shouldn't really be reacting to this. So I had, there was a lot of, there's obviously a lot of um, shady lines within the show. So it was really difficult for me to sort of find a way that I would react in a non-judgmental way, but was still reasonable enough for my journey. So I think in the end, I found like a really good balance. And I think it was something that sort of came from working with the girls more, um, delving further into every every little thing I say and obviously like you said she listens so much yeah and she really doesn't say too much until the end um, it's literally like she holds everything in and then that last yeah. like 15 minutes is like cool now we're gonna ignore everybody else and here is me <laughs> yeah so I think yeah that I think she's such a she's such a complex character and it was it was really hard for me to watch that a lot of the girls find find their queens a lot earlier on than I did yeah um for example Kelly had such a great journey physically to find Berlin um and she had a great inspiration with Avril Lavigne like crazy rock chick sort of vibe um Whereas if you kind of like look at my Queenspiration four parts in Alicia Keys, Alicia Keys is kind of hard to physically portray anyway. So she's very much Kathy Parr. Like she, yeah, like, she's she still... is, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, now I want to go deep into Kathy because she's literally one of the most, we've gone deep into Howard because I've had a ton of Howards on the show. Um, besides Howard, I think, Par is probably the next deepest character when it comes to kind of not only the song but in history as well. She's kind mm. of got a m- massive trek to where she is. Um, so the arc in "I Don't Need Your Love" it is incredible to watch for the first time. Um, so what well, you're like smiling along like yeah yeah <laughs> try <laughs> learning it <laughs> um, so what was it like sitting down with the material for the first time knowing seeing the the intro um, like the the um, the monologue beforehand yeah. it, and then trying to piece it all together to get that powerful turn yeah, midway yeah. through I think it was something that sort of, for me, it was something that Kathy found through every little, every line that she said, she, I feel like she becomes more confident that she's 
gonna say what she really wants to say to Henry and I feel like every like every new line I'm trying to explain every new line is a thought that's coming to her there and then I think she's been thinking these things for a while I think but I'm literally reading the lyrics as you go just to yeah it it, it, it's such a I don't like I can't even explain how amazing this this one song is just to get like there's just so many different levels where as a character it's honestly the development you've seen in everybody else throughout the whole 75 minutes Mm. as I've said a million times shortened down um what was it like for you to like the the confidence kick that she gets she kind of starts in her shell being like yeah like I'll miss you like I have to say goodbye to you like and then all of a sudden it's like you know what damn let's own this this isn't what it's like um what was it like trying to find because usually usually as a character you've got the whole show to kind of get this arc to the point where usually your song yeah. is a breaking point you're not creating your arc inside your song um so what was it like building up to that point and it once you've found your emotion found that point how it yeah and then how do you control that to make sure that you kind of get there every night but not too early yeah um this is such a hard question I'm trying i to know <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, but I'm just trying to word how... I'm glad you do, because it came out like word vomit, and all these people listening are probably like, huh, what? (laughs) Um, How do I say what I'm trying to think? How do I say what I'm feeling? Um, How do I I say what I'm feeling? Wow, that's... I am Cassie. Story of my life. (laughs) Um, I would say, I think... There's a moment, this is probably not going to answer the question specifically, but there was a moment when I turn round when I have, I've just said, um, my dreams to care for you, darling, get a clue. And I turn round and I look at the rest of the girls and it's literally a second where I'm turning around to face back to the front. But the look that I get from the girls every night was, and it felt, it's, it was so real. The look was a, fear, a look of encouragement and it was a look of, you've got this. And I feel like at that moment, she's ready to speak to Henry. And I feel like, yeah, this is so hard to explain. Yeah, no, I I went real deep real quick. No, it's it's good for me to talk out as well. Um, She just... I, I feel like this is this, this is going to be like real passionate. She's really just going to explode in a second. I'm literally <laughs> banging the sofa because I need to find the words. Um, she, how do I say this, Josh? Amelia, that's why I asked you because <sighs> I I don't know how. I've watched this show 14 times, and every time I get to I don't need your love, I watch this happen, and I'm like, man, like. She, when we were look, when we were in rehearsals, we were looking at the, like the ways we could sort of um, different scenarios to sort of put to the song, um, to each song for all of the girls to sort of find, access it. And mine was sort of that I was a motivational speaker trying to speak to these girls 
and tell them that you don't need you don't need that man you you're strong enough and really her her story is so powerful like yeah. the the fact that it's right wrote, there at the start of her monologue yeah. as well like i was married this and because of the time like once they died or whatever happened i had to remarry not to be out like think of the monologue not the lyrics josh that's the way to go like yeah no for sure um yeah i think she's done all these amazing things and i think through that journey through the song she realizes that it's really not about this it's really not about henry and the show's not about henry although it is it's about what she has achieved i think for par and i think she's achieved all these amazing things that that's what the song is about it's not really about it it loses the the thomas feel and the and even talking about henry she doesn't even need to talk about henry anymore she needs to talk about the books the psalms the meditations yeah do you know what i mean if this makes any sense yeah no it does and then my brain is sort of just talking the, at you right now then she kind of goes into like this teaching point where she needs to kind of convince the other five of her mindset because she's like yo mm-hmm. like why are we here like yeah why does anyone know who we are literally let's quote the whole yeah. last section of the show <laughs> um and i think the moment that everyone's like oh cool yeah like why does this and then Berlin snap into the whole like <laughs> patriarchal structures which i absolutely love oh my god it's brilliant it's kind of like that ultimate moment of like why why was this such a big thing like why did the whole female empowerment movement not come earlier like like it almost feels like i don't know it's it's, it feels like the way the show is written the whole what am I trying to say? I mean, we, I know, we're both we've, going we've gone way too deep. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean though. I think everyone's screaming at us like right now, like well, you guys like spit it out. <laughs> oh man. I really needed to talk about this song. Cause it's just. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot. And it's not easy to sort of like, no. and that's why it's such a special song because it's not, it's not straightforward. It's There's not. So many things going on. Like So, so many, many things. things. And that's why I think she's such a complex character because she doesn't, it's, it's not always about what she says and about the lines. There's so much going on behind the rest of the show that yeah. you don't hear. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why she's such a complex character. And then obviously the song. Um, but yeah, why the female empowerment didn't come earlier, the female movement. Um, like it just feels like the way everything's taught the kind of realization on stage is kind of like oh yeah we we don't need men and it kind of triggers that thought in me like it's taken us hundreds so, of years for this equality yeah. thing to be a thing mm. why what was the fault at the start of it that led to the oppression yeah. and like oh 
now we're just getting so many questions. Right, I know it's gonna be nuts. Um, <laughs> Crazy. On a lighter note, um, in in your whole performance, what is your mm. favorite moment? What's your favorite spot to get to in "I Don't Need Your Love"? I think in "I Don't Need Your Love." Yeah, let let's do it on a small scale and then um, we'll a large scale. I would say. So the moment before she sings Remember, there's sort of a, I walk over, walk, I strut, stride over to the girls. And there's always a moment between one of us, not always always all of us, but there's always one of us. A lot of the times it was Kelly. And we just look at each other. And I think the encouragement from like, it was just this eye contact thing of let's go. Like, we're ready. And, like, they don't know what's about to happen. We're about to strut back and we're about to tell them everything you did. Um, And I think for me, that was such a special moment. And I, like, was so excited to get to that moment every show because I was like, who am I going to get the magic eye contact from today? Do you know what I mean? So I think... And, like, you just look at that kind of stanza of words remember that i was a writer i wrote books and psalms and meditations fought for female education so all my women could independently study scripture i even got a woman to paint my even like speaking it it sounds like powerful and you can see why and all these things that she did like yeah it's almost she's the alexander hamilton of six yeah like and it's scary (laughs) to think that i mean even me didn't know we didn't know this stuff like she did all this amazing stuff and she was like the first to do it the first and it's yeah it's scary to think that none of us knew any of this information other than the fact that they were divorced they had a die. like going back to this show like it's scary like we were barely taught about it in school but I didn't know any of this. But it's the same thing could be said for Hamilton because Hamilton did the same thing in America that Six is doing for the UK. Of course. It's putting the fault on the education system of sorts Mm. for not bringing this to the forefront of, okay, this happened, yes, but everything that we get taught in school is from the, the male perspective history because that that were the people that were educated to write the books that made it through time so we only got one side of the story um so the fact we if we go back to let me see if i can find the name um people like allison weir and that that have gone back and created the um kind of books that helped us understand these characters and did the deep research to find out more about these women and really help us understand what they went through and why they are so important to history because like yeah it's just and it's scary to think there's probably still obviously there is there's still so much of history that we don't know a lot about because it's not something that we're taught or it's not something that you'd automatically go and look into um, and but that is exciting, really, because there's so much work that could be done within theatre and within the entertainment world that is to come. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what 
in your research, what was your favorite thing that you learned about Kathy? A little fact um, that, so I think, I still don't even believe this is true. So I think, let me just get it straight. So I made like a huge PowerPoint. Catherine of Aragon was my godmother. I think that was right. We are going to do the research. We're both yeah, let's work again. Um, it was something, Catherine of Aragon was somehow related to me. Um, let me see. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Which I <laughs> I found crazy. And it was just to me that was like a massive fact that and I think that really made uh because my mother was uh Queen's she was Catherine of Aragon's um lady in waiting. Yeah. So there was a huge connection between me and Catherine of Aragon and I, and that was something that I found that I always thought about when we were doing the show actually, and sort of my connection to jazz. Um, yeah. That's really so I think, cool. Yeah, it's something, and it's something that I was really shocked about when I was doing research because it, it's, it's not something that I'd heard before. Yeah, no, like, and, it's funny how all the other queens are almost connected in the same way because yeah. like Jane was Anne's letting and waiting at some point. Yeah. And Anne was brought into Catherine's court at some point as well. Like it's almost like Henry was too lazy to kind of look outside the walls. And then he got to That's Anna and was like, oh, we're not trying that again. And then like, it was oh, goddamn history, man. Um, <laughs> what part of the show did you find the most challenging to learn? Let's go musically because I want to touch on the music because Catherine's uh, Pa's song musically is a tough one. Um, but what what did you find the most challenging part of the show to learn musically? Um, I would say. maybe six yeah I would say maybe six um Heart of Stone harmonies were always fun that took a while actually um for all of us to sort of finally get together yeah um and sort of the balance between it um six was six was fun um it took, again, it took a while uh, for it all to, to sort of become muscle memory. Um, but I don't know. I think we worked, we had like a really good process actually within rehearsals. With, we worked with um, a woman called Ellie who was incredible. And I think she had so much patience with us to sort of, that it never felt like anything was, there was something that I was never going to achieve, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. So I don't. I wouldn't say that anything was. Um, I say this now in rehearsals. I was probably cry, <laughs> crying, so I couldn't do it. Um, but no, I think I would say they're probably the two things that we had to work on a lot. Actually, no way was. Although the harmonies are quite quite simplistic, 
um, remembering when to do which specific harmony <laughs> with which movement and when one has a slide and one doesn't was quite quite challenging to sort of put with the movement so I'd say that too see look it's all coming out now there we go um the start of I don't need your love the note that you start on is that like kind of half plucked out of thin air like how how where do you find your starting note because every time I've watched the show it's like the, the the chord that you would pick your note from is like nearly two three bars earlier than when you start mm. so like how did you get used to I would say you know it's something that I never really thought about I think in a way in some ways I don't have a good musical ear but in a lot of ways I do yeah um so I think it generally I never thought about it and I think god damn mate I may have just cursed you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I don't know I just kind of I think I was just so lost in the whole. It's such a good vibe to the start of a song. Like you hear that first oh, and you're like. It's oh. gorgeous. It's just, so, and it's so like chilled. You're like, I'm here for this. And then it amps up and amps up and you're like, okay, I'm here for this. And then we get to yeah. the remix and it's like, okay. Which leads me to my next question. Um, oh, your, here we go. Your riff. My riff. Which one? <laughs> the last one. The 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 very the, last yeah 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 at the end of I don't need your love the remix how I feel like everyone's I don't need your love riff is different mainly yeah. there's so many different vocal types so yeah what is the structure on page for that like is there because obviously like most musicals are written out that you have to follow these notes yeah what what was it like because all the riffs that I've heard are fairly oh, different. Riffs. Yeah. So, so there isn't that- massively a, a massive structure on it, to be fair. We sort of sat and had talked about it and we sort of played, and I'm sure the other girls have said, we played the riff game and we, we, we kept going along with the, the melody and we just kept going round and round and sort of me, Ellie and our Joan, um, Danny, we went round and we all had different riffs and we sort of played with it. So it was really free, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so we'd kind of work on one section and then build from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, there wasn't really much that I had to follow, um, which was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think that's where the, the best riffs come. And I think I'm generally quite a jazzy singer, so Ellie was really happy to sort of play on that jazzy sort of jazzy chord and sort of yeah play with it you know what I mean yeah awesome I love that I've, I've, I've always these are the questions I've always wanted to ask and we're finally getting them from my brain to my mouth folks we are here <laughs> it's um it's just funny like watching it and listening to the soundtrack and watching the show are two completely different things and there's so much oh. more even if you know the songs off by heart there's so much that I'm more aware to now in the soundtrack. Like I heard um, Zuki's um, riff on the soundtrack the other day. And that's when I tagged you guys in the story, which none of you did. Oh, um, asking you guys to do like, <laughs> yeah, I don't need your love riffs. Um, because it was just like, 
I'd never heard it so distinctive in the recording before. And it was just like all the harmonies behind just kind of faded away. And it was just her going nuts. And I was like, you know, this is like the, the tip of the show. This is like the, this is it. Like, it's not like a mid show arc. This is like, we're ending on a high, let's go. And it's like, oh, and I remember like the first opening night in Australia, we got to the end of, I don't need your love video hit that hit that riff and everybody just leapt to their feet (laughs) get it yeah it's it's such an it's such a great feeling and I feel like she deserves that like Pa deserves to have that moment where she can just let go and I feel like it's so nice that there's so much freedom for each part to sort of find their own interpretation within that because although they're musical notes like there's so much feeling behind those musical notes dependent on each structure um yeah and I feel like that's what separates every part um yeah how do you go about controlling yourself coming off the remix because the remix is kind of like it's (laughs) hype 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 and then you have to get your breath under you to set yourself for that get your breath that's definitely something (laughs) um how how do you go about setting yourself up for that moment I think I don't actually know I just kind of I don't know it just kind of (laughs) happens um yeah I mean breathing physically it's a breath thing um but I think emotionally it's sort of the girls are just like a great help um and I think just sort of giving each other that sort of I don't know it's going back to the story I think and the message that we have to tell and I think and I think I kind of that's that's so important. And I think that kind of brings you on from the remix, if that makes any sense. Yeah, hundred percent. I, yeah. I love that. Um, going into pretty much the next scene, heading into six, and then the whole kind of bye. See you later. We're not. We're done. Like. <laughs> I haven't even delved into this part of the show yet on this podcast. I'm so damn excited right now. I'm just going <laughs> to hang on. Um, what's it like coming down from that high of getting that applause after I don't need your love to needing to turn around and be like, cool, this is it. See you later. Bye. Like how, <laughs> how do you, how do you control that to know that you're then stepping back on stage to do six it's like I think it's like, sort of knowing that you've got this little like a little secret like you you know what's coming but they don't know yeah. what's coming yet um and Kelly did the most convincing um <laughs> see you later and then when she came they I mean the director's the same when we were working on that they generally thought our cast was just going um I almost I do pretty much leave the stage and I'm holding on to sort of the light um for most of the times I do it was like literally holding on to the night and pushing my head back around the corner um so I think I think just that little secret and I think that's something that you can't wait to see yeah you can't wait for the audience to experience it it was weird like the first time I saw the show I was sitting front row and like obviously knowing the soundtrack I was like cool six is next and then to see that and I'm like what's going on uh, (laughs) maybe they cut it (laughs) (laughs) excuse me (laughs) I know there's two more songs. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, so going from there in into six and that moment before six, the the one of a kind, like the very 
chilled out. Yeah. What is that moment like for you on stage? It's like, it's so special. Like, um, I think when you, when you hear, and it's so nice for me to start that as well. Yeah. And I always, I always turned to Georgia and there was always a special moment between us two. And it was so, I think at that moment, it always felt like it was me singing to Georgia. Yeah. Um, rather than like a character thing. I don't know. Obviously it's this, you know what I mean? But I was always saying to Georgia, you're one of a kind. And I, and we always found a little playful physical thing that we did as well. Um, I don't know. It's just such a, it generally just all I can describe it as is a really special moment. Um, and it sort of brings it back to the fact that like, this was, this is a dream job. Yeah. Um, it's just magic, I think. It's um, just another one of those scenes that is hella powerful because, like, you strip it right back to just this kind it's of so like, strict, chilled yeah. out. And then that last harmony, and it's like, and it's like, where's six? And you're like, poof. And you're like, let's yeah. go. Let's end it. And it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, man, like, I freaking love this show. And so I think it is like, it's so, it's just incredible. <laughs> There's no other words, is there? It's, yeah. It's magic. I don't really think anyone's broken down this show as much as I have trying to like do this podcast. And the more I, I, that, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, like, cause I replay the show in my head and I'm like, Oh, there are just so many things. And it's just like, there's hell. so much detail that to look at. There's just so much detail and like, every line has got. It's 75 so minutes of yeah. pure, just creative genius. Like there is not a weak spot. There's not a, a spot that you thought was thrown together for the sake of adding time. It was just like, no. I mean, besides the Howard pause for a minute and a half, but <laughs> we're not going to count that. <laughs> um, what was it like having your first audience, especially on, on the ship? Yeah, it's a weird, weird, weird vibe, actually. Um, so our first, our first ever show was actually a crew show. So it was performed just for the group. Um, and obviously it was a brand new show to the ship. So they'd been talking about it leading up to, for ages. They were like, guys, Rock of Ages is finished. Six is coming on. This is huge. This is, they hadn't had a new show for years. So every member of the crew on the ship wanted to be there. There people standing at the back. So I think walking out from the Kabuki was like, it, it it felt like a concert and it felt like we didn't always get that because I think a lot of, I mean, some people that came on the cruise had never seen, I'd never seen a musical before. So I think yeah. they didn't know the sort of vibe that the show, you know, they didn't really know what the show was. But yeah. These people had done their research. These, these crew members had done their research. So I think walking out at that moment behind the Kabuki was just so surreal. Like it did feel like I was, in a girl band at my concert and people were just I don't know it's just it's magic and I think the first show I was I mean I I'm a very 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 nervous performer um but this show is the first show so I think the nerves were so real but and the, there's a lot of pressure as well you we had the creative team sat in the front row um there's pressure to show what you can do um 
and not fall apart. Um, so yeah, I would say it was, I think really putting it on in front of an audience. Actually, to be fair, sorry, I talk a lot. Um, I'm just watching your brain tick over and it's just yeah. fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first show that we ever had, the first audience we had was actually in the rehearsal studio in Florida. Um, um, and we performed it to a school uh, and it was it was magical because they ha- they didn't really know the show too well and some of them did really know the show so I think I'm performing it in that kind of intimate venue in a rehearsal space with no lighting um, it was the first time we'd done costumes um, that was cool because we were so close then they were literally sat at our feet so you could really find the interaction, um, which the show hugely requires. So, again, magic. Magic. I think that's just a word to sum up this show. Magic. Yeah. magic. Um, the choreography is insane throughout the show. Amazing. Um, what's your favourite choreographical piece? Um, so I think it started with Get Down. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it's so, the timing and the breath um, in that number is just so, so fun. Um, And you do feel like a real unit. Um, And I think that kind of style is very me as a performer. So I think that's why I loved it. Uh, Originally so much as my, that was definitely my favourite to start with. And then as we kind of went through the show, a number that I actually found quite challenging in rehearsals, uh, timing-wise, was No Way. And then when I finally um, when I finally got the choreography and it became really in my body, I found No Way No Way was my favourite number. Um, and the, the chorus in that is so much fun and I feel like, yeah, that became my favourite. I love the little breakdown towards the end where everyone kind of goes into their own little style kind of thing and it's kind of like half choreographed half character um or is it am I thinking of the mega six I've got no idea wow my brain just exploded you've got so um, much sex going oh, around in there it's crazy um <laughs> that pretty much brings us to the end we've kind of babbled a lot but um what is your favorite memory of this whole experience that you've had um my favorite memory I mean there are so many um I would say so probably performing the show for the first time and actually I would say when we were doing the um what's the word the sits probe um and sort of hearing us together for the first time. Man, like, I haven't even touched on sits probes in this show. Oh my in this oh my guys, I'm letting you down. Um, <laughs> that's all good. I know I keep thinking of new things to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, that was a magical moment. Again, one of my favorite words, magic. Sits, but um, sits probes are just there's something special about them. Like it doesn't matter what show it is, like yeah. it's oh. So that was like an amazing moment. Um, I'd say living with your cast is genuinely an amazing moment. Um, We swam with stingrays, which was amazing. Um, 
scary but amazing um I don't know I feel like there's not like a for me the whole thing is just an amazing amazing memory and every day even if it was a little thing like we're just going to sit with the girls and in someone's cabin that was an amazing moment for me but I think genuinely the show performing the show with the girls every night that we did was a dream and I, I think the first show will always be something that is the most special for me um and our last show knowing it, it wasn't we didn't even know it was our last show which was sad but um Amy touched on this in her episode yeah. <laughs> and Amy we got hella there. emotional about it <laughs> yeah and it was it was a real and it was really sad when when we realized that it was the last show and we realized that we didn't get to do it obviously it's we didn't get to do it with Amy, which was which was sad. But um, who knows? Yeah, what will happen? Fingers crossed for the future, Queens. That yeah. that does wrap things up. Um, we, if you, oh, wow, I'm really shook in this episode. I'm sorry, guys. I love you. <laughs> I've gotten <laughs> to a point of where I'm just like now emotional about this show, and it's just going to be. I know you've made me very emotional as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay. Guys, if you want to follow Amelia on socials, I will drop all her apps down below so you can uh, go show her some love. Um, oh, let's touch on that. What was the experience like the first time the Queendom got involved in your life, like after your announcement? <laughs> wild. So wild. And um, nothing that I ever experienced. Um, I don't think I realised the following of the show. Um, <laughs> it's... It's amazing. And I don't know if any other show has the same following. No, I don't. They definitely don't. Um, but you do genuinely feel like a queen. And I feel like the first time we realised that was when we were in rehearsals and um, a fan had made a page for the Breakaway Queens. And to me, that was surreal. That was, it was just mad to me. Absolutely mad. And then Somebody made me a page. I was going to say, I've got two or three that follow me <laughs> that are about you. Which was just, I mean, it, it to me is just so surreal and it's unbelievable. And I think the support that we get from the fans is, is so special. And it's, it just makes what, what you do that much more special. Yeah. Um, that they're all along this journey with you and yeah there's just so like the even like the fan art like I got somebody drew me a picture yesterday and it's incredible like these people spend so much time putting their love and their their talent into making these accounts making these videos making these and it's so special and I think it's something that has really again made the whole thing a whole lot more special Shout out to the Queen I'm right there. Um, to wrap things up, Amelia, um, being away from the show, being away yeah. from the girls, what is the biggest thing that you miss about Six the Musical? Um, the girls. I mean, I miss I miss them so much, and I think we had like a special connection as a group, but individually as well. Um, you could go and sit with, it wasn't like there was one person that I didn't 
have an amazing friendship with everyone individually I had a special connection with and I think just sitting and talking with the girls I miss I miss um performing the show I miss rehearsals I miss um warm-ups we had such amazing warm-ups we did warm-ups with um the other show on the ship burn the floor so we got to learn some ballroom and latin (laughs) so I think the whole experience I just miss I miss the music I miss singing I miss so much of it um and it's weird at the minute being on my own I'm I'm with my mum but being on my own and not living with five six seven eight nine ten amazing other girls um on the ship yeah right yeah well Queen, that on that note we will wrap things up here thanks amelia for coming and joining us thank you for having me anytime queens you know where you can follow me that is oz queenum and the queenum cast on instagram facebook and twitter check us out show us some love uh, and we will be back next week with a brand new episode of the queenum podcast thanks queens bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.